Good morning. And as speakers of Mandarin Chinese around the globe are saying today, Xinian Kuai Le. Happy Lunar New Year. For those of you whom I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting, I am Donna Koik. I would like to extend a warm welcome to everyone here in the sanctuary of the First Universalist Unitarian Church and to those of you who are joining us online this morning. First UU Wausau has been a beacon for liberal religion in central Wisconsin since 1858. That's a long time. We are an intentionally free community, welcoming all people just as you are, regardless of age, gender and sexual orientation, race and ethnicity, family background, and current circumstances. Wherever you are on life's journey, you are truly welcome here. I have only one announcement this morning, and it is a delightful announcement. Uh, it, you will find as an insert this white sheet in your bulletin. Um, the food waste program is coming to First UUASA. We will be able to recycle our food waste rather than sending it to the landfill. Uh, roughly 40% of the waste that enters landfills is food waste. That amounts to thousands of pounds of waste that could be back, put back into our community instead of letting it rot in the landfill. Currently, there is one bin uh, located outside the church entrance by the garbage cans. Uh, it will be emptied and cleaned weekly. We hope to be adding compostable bags uh, to provide them for you in the very near future. So you can take home a bag, put your compost in it, bring it back, and then just put the whole thing in the bin. Uh, we are also hoping to add two more bins in the near future. Uh, I think this is a wonderful program and uh, I think we can all thank uh, Nan Cedar and Sally Decker and Carolyn Powers and Donica Gibson for bringing this program to our community. Um, to keep abreast of our activities, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribe to the church newsletter. Now, let us gather our hearts and our minds for worship Please join me in reciting the words for our chalice lighting. You will find them printed in the order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light the symbol of our faith as we gather together. And we gather on the ancestral home of indigenous peoples, home of the Menominee and Potawatomi, the Ho-Chunk Nation of Winnebago. We're reminded of our obligation to good stewardship of these lands and right relations with their inhabitants, present and past and future. We're called to worship by uh, words from Joy Atkinson. The womb of stars embraces us. Remnants of their fiery furnaces pulse through our veins. We are the stars, the dust of the explosions cast across space. We are the earth. We breathe and live in the breath of ancient plants and animals. Their cells nourish the soil. 
we build our communities on their harvest of gifts. Our fingers trace the curves carved in clay and stone by forebearers unknown to us. Our voices raise in the melodies of ages. We are a part of the great circle of humanity gathered around the fire, the hearth, the altar. We gather anew this day to celebrate our common heritage. May we recall in gratitude all that has been given us at birth. Come, let us worship. Let us shape worth together. I invite you to open your hymnals to hymn number 346, Come Sing a Song with Me. And if you rise in body or in spirit as you are able. I might know your mind. 
you may be seated. Or no, you may not. What am I thinking? The wrong church. Ah, please remain standing while we say together our affirmation. Love is the doctrine of this church. The quest of truth is its sacrament. And service is its prayer. To dwell together in peace, to seek knowledge and freedom, to serve human need to the end that all souls shall into harmony with the divine. Thus do we covenant with each other. And if we, you would sing with me the doxology. on the song by Bob Thiel, George David Weiss, and sung by Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. This book was illustrated by Ashley Bryan and published by Anthem Books. Now, I would sing you this book, but then you would learn very quickly why I am the DRE and not a music director. So instead, I'm going to read the story, but I'm going to invite you to hum or sing or read along with me. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white, the bright blessed day and the dark sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies cry. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful world. And that is our story for today. Thank you for those who hum and sung along. Please join me in singing our children and youth off for a special project down in the RE Commons this morning with May Peace Surround You. The words are printed in your order of worship.
The mission and ministry of UUASA is made possible by the generous support of our friends and members. Rather than pass a plate at this time, we place an offering basket in the back of the sanctuary for you to drop a gift. You can also stop by our website, uuwasa.org, to make a one-time or recurring gift with your credit or debit card, and to that usual uh, kind of statement about encouraging, supporting our congregation, I would like to add that uh, at this point, we are about halfway toward our goal in pledges to reach enough to fund the church for the whole year. We're halfway to our budget. Um, I consider myself blessed to be a member of this congregation. I would like to see it continue to grow and thrive. Please consider helping make that possible. We're called to a time of prayer and meditation with the words and the song, grant us peace, blessing, and grace. Sim shalom tovavra, sim shalom. Sim shalom tovavra, sim shalom. Sim shalom tovahuvraha, sim shalom. Grant us peace, blessing, and grace.
please open your hymnals to hymn number 352. Remain seated while we sing, Find a Stillness. first reading is from Daniel Levitin. It is the love of our existence that is the highest love of all, the love of humanity with all our flaws, all our destructiveness, all our petty fears, gossip, and rivalries. A love of the goodness that we sometimes show under the most difficult stresses of the heroism of doing the right thing even when no one can see us doing it, of being honest when there is nothing to gain by it, of loving those whom others might find unlovable. It is all this and our capacity to write about it, to celebrate it in song that makes us human.
Our second reading is Psalm 65. You make the outgoings of the morning and the evening to shout for joy. You visit the earth, watering it, making it very rich. The great river swells with water, filling the ridges, blessing the growth of grain. You crown the year with your abundance. The pastures are perfumed with dew. The hills deck themselves with joy. The meadows adorn themselves with flocks. The valleys gown themselves with grain. They shout for joy. They join in song. Now, in January of 2002, 21 years ago, I preached at the Missoula, Montana Unitarian Universalist Fellowship. I'd been a member there for, for almost 10 years. George W. Bush was president, and we were just four months past 9-11. And this is how I began that sermon. I keep a lot of these. They're stacks. Ah, oh, what a paper trail they are. These are stress-filled days, troubling times. Our country is on the brink of a war that seems all but inevitable. The economy is faltering. The environment neglected or damaged, with the current administration busily dismantling environmental protections as fast as they can. Make that the past administration. Our educational system unraveling, class sizes steadily increasing, teachers' salaries dismayingly low, programs underfunded and about to be even less funded, with tax cuts going to the richest among us. And I thought, oh my Lord. Well, if anything about my beloved country, it is consistent in its problems. These are stress-filled times, troubling times. How do we keep our souls and our spirits alive and functioning at times like these? How do we keep faith in the potential for the ultimately healthful and helpful workings of our government? How do we keep hope that our vision of a peaceful world may be realized? Well, while living in Missoula, I was blessed in by discovering uh, a women's chorus. It was uh, led by Judy Fiel, and we sang, <clears throat> A woman's voice, how sweet the sound, arising out of me. I once was still, but now I sing. I am heard and I am free. Ah, oh, first time I heard that song um, at a gay pride event, I thought, I have got to join that choir. When we moved to Duluth, I was lucky enough to find another chorus, mixed voice, also non-audition, Echoes of Peace, directed by Sarah Thompson. And we sing a song by T.R. Ritchie, the song I used in the circuit rider. People say to me, oh, you gotta be crazy. How can you sing in times like these? Don't you read the news? 
Don't you know the score? How can you sing when so many others grieve? Oh, people say to me, what kind of fool believes that a song can make a difference in the end? By way of reply, I say a fool such as I, who sees a song as somewhere to begin, a song, a dream, a love, a hope is somewhere to begin, the search for something worth believing in. If changes are to come, there are things that must be done, and sometimes a song is somewhere to begin. Wherever that place of hope and peace and rejuvenation is for you is a place to begin. Now, several years ago now, I read a book by Daniel Levitin. He wrote this book, A World in Six Songs, How the Musical Brain Created Nature. Now, Levitin is a musician, a professional musician, and he is a neurophysiologist, a scientist who studies the effects of neurochemicals on our emotions and on our behavior, much like if you ever watched The Big Bang Theory, Amy uh, does, a neuroscientist. In his book, Levitin writes, music, I argue, is not simply a distraction or a pastime, but a core element of our identity as a species, an activity that paved the way for more complex behaviors, such as language, large-scale cooperative undertakings, and the passing down of important information from one generation to the next. And, and Levitin identifies these six songs that define us, that have brought us together. Songs of social bonding, so songs of joy and comfort, songs that impart knowledge, religious songs, and songs of love. Now, Levitin sees a, a survival advantage in music. Early musicians may have been able to forge, forge closer bonds with those around them. They may have been better able to communicate emotionally diffuse confrontation and ease interpersonal tensions. They may also have been able to encode important survival information in songs, an easily memorable format that gave their children an additional survival advantage. So the first category that Levitin writes about is in the context of friendship, of social bonding, of bonding both in peace and in wartime. Now, imagine you are in your cave or your hut or your small dwelling and you hear a drum, you know. You, you hear the didgeridoo, you hear bagpipes. Ah, what in the world is happening? This odd deafening sound renders you paralyzed, speechless. And Levitin tells us the power of drum music to incapacitate the enemy, to sap their resolve and simultaneously impassion their own warriors, it's legendary. Music is put into the service of fear, of intimidation. Now this sort of war music binds the players in warrior strength. You know, from the halls of Montezuma, Defiance, power, in, in harmony and loyalty. At the same time, it may bond the listener in fright, flight, or surrender. Singing is an emotional music, is an emotional activity. And Levitin writes, emotions themselves 
are nothing more than complex neurochemical states in the brain that motivate us to act. I think it's a little more complicated than that, but it's neurochemicals. Singing releases oxytocin. It's a neurochemical now known involved in establishing bonds of trust between people. Evolution may have favored those folks who could settle disputes in nonviolent ways, such as music and dance, folks who activated those neurochemicals that produce states of loyalty, bonding, and trust. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, music can also be a social bonding for those who are disenfranchised, who are marginalized. Last week we sang, we shall overcome, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday. Ah, in the protest movements of my youth, we sang, this land is your land, this land is my land, from California to the New York Harbor. We join in a lot of protests and anti-war demonstrations. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Music and movement are one way to create social bonds, whether those bonds are used to wage war, drill an army, or those bonds are used to raise a barn or gather around a fire celebrate a wedding. Music reinforces in ourselves and tells others how we feel. Music helps us get others to feel the same way, too, whether calm or loving, energized and organized, inspired to ideals and to action. So social bonding, one of the ways that we build a world. Joy, simple joy, is another thing that, that music can evoke. Sound reverberates in our bodies and we feel it in here. We feel it here and here and here. Tens of thousands of years of evolution have selected for the emotions that energize us, that enhance our survival. And joy is one of those emotions. For example, humans like to celebrate. They do like to celebrate that last victory. They like to celebrate the harvest. We sing happy birthday, happy birthday, um, ah, this is an alternative happy birthday said, We love you, happy birthday, and may all your dreams come true. As you blow out the candles, one light stays aglow. That's the love light in your eyes, where'er you go. Of course, we sing the happy birthday song now that I think it's off copyright. But... <clears throat> You know, we sing in my tradition, Stolat, Stolat, Nietzsche, Zizhe, Zizhe Nam. Ah, good luck, good cheer, may you live a hundred years. Sang that at my dad's 99th and 100th and 101st birthdays. We may sing along with Jeremiah the Bullfrog and Three Dog Night. Joy to the world, all the boys and girls. Joy to the fishes in the deep blue sea. Joy to you and me. So, in recent years, music therapy has gained prominence. Now, music therapy does not work on some loosey-goosey idea of niceness or sweetness. Music therapy is science. I have a nephew who is studying to be a counselor and a music therapist. 
Immunoglobulin A, IgA, is an important antibody that we use to fight colds, the flu, and other infections. And recent studies show that levels of IgA increase following music therapy. And another study shows that the neurochemical serotonin, norepinephrine, and epinephrine increase during a four-week course of music therapy and decrease after the therapy ends. Now, serotonin is a natural mood enhancer, mood regulator. It's an antidepressant. Low levels of serotonin are linked to seasonal affective disorder. Maybe along with your lamp, try singing along with the light in your lamp. Norepinephrine and epinephrine affect alertness. They give us a chemical reward, a way, a way to go feeling of elevated well-being. Now, joy songs, Levitin tells us, give us a jolt of good brain chemistry, a wonderful chemical soup, and all from a song. So social bonding and joy. Songs also bring us comfort. Sometimes the blues, sometimes a lullaby. Back in Missoula, I uh, volunteered for a group called uh, CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates, and I was an advocate for children who found themselves in the court system because of abuse and neglect. And one of those little kids was Sean, and I used to visit Sean's preschool and stay there for a few hours, and then they'd take a nap, and I would sing. This pretty planet spinning through space, you're a garden, you're a harbor, you're a holy place. Golden sun going down, gentle blue giant spin us around all through the night. Safe till the morning light. Of course, which Sean would say again, as a three-year-old, again and again, I'd sing that song, This Pretty Planet, Spinning Through Space. The repetition of a song is sometimes soothing. Now, the neurochemical prolactin is a tranquilizing hormone. When we shed tears of sorrow, prolactin is in those tears, though prolactin is not in the tears of, of joy or tears caused by some sort of irritation or allergy. It's caused by sadness. Prolactin is released after birth, during breastfeeding, and after orgasm. Prolactin's physiological effect is, is one of calming us after a traumatic or ecstatic event. Prolactin gives us a neurochemical space to regroup, to conserve energy, and to reorient our priorities after a somewhat surprising event. It's a boy, it's a girl, it's a wow. You know, prolactin stabilizes us after an emotional upheaval. A sad song, Levitin tells us, is a comfort. A sad song helps us feel not so alone, gives us some hope, provides a momentary respite from grief or despair. Or that old wow moment, you know. So, social bonding, comfort, joy. And next we come to knowledge. Well, we tend to think of science and art as very different kinds of knowledge, both 
but both science and art are motivated by a curiosity about how the world works, how it is put together. Scientists try to explain by cogent and coherent theories, and artists take their observations and create paintings or sculpture, produce dances, write poetry and songs. They make quilts and pots. They grow gardens and, and fashion loaves of bread. They're creative. So you're an artist and a scientist. You're both. But because music is rhythmic, has patterns. It provides a very powerful mnemonic device. Mnemonic device, it's a great word, mnemonic. It's a memory aid, a way, a re, remain, oof, a way to remember things. It's a way to encode knowledge. And music encapsulates vital and shared information that entire societies need to know, teachings that are handed down by parents to their children and that children can easily memorize. Now, way back in... Um, Ancient times, the ancient Hebrews set the entire Torah, the first five books of the Bible, to music a thousand years or more before it was written down on paper. You sang those whole five books. All the Psalms were music. So we work on our counting skills uh, by hearing those high schoolers saying, 99 bottles of beer on the wall, 99 bottles of beer, 98 bottles of 97, 96, yes. And, or we go to kindergarten and we hear our kindergartners sing A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. Yes, Q, R, S. I have one little girl I help out in kindergartens who has to sing that song 26 times so she could remember each of the letters of the alphabet in correct order. Now, folks have used these patterns of song to remember whole lots of things. There is a, a lyricist named Randy Rogel who put the names of over 160 nations to music by geographic area. Um, they, the, the names of places have changed a little bit, but um, they go something like this. <coughs> yes, United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru, Republic, Dominican, Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, and it goes on, you know, for, <coughs> for 130 or more nations, and eh, some of them are countries, some of them are cities, some of them are areas. Um, one of my mom's favorite musicians, he was satirist and he was also a scientist, was Tom Lear, a wonderful, amazing pianist, um, kind of like Margaret, could just sit down at the piano. He wrote um, um, satires to, to, for various political events, but as a young scientist, he had to learn the name of all 90 elements. Now, now we're up to 118, this was back in the 1950s. And so he put them to music. There's antimony, arsenic, aluminum, selenium, and hydrogen, and oxygen, and nitrogen, and rhenium, and a breath, and nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, and iron, americium, ruthenium, uranium. That's 16 of the 90. And he'd just go on and sing them. He remembered all of them. Knowledge songs can commemorate a battle, an important life lesson, memorialize a particularly noteworthy hunt or other events. Songs tell us how our world 
is put together. And we can remember, sometimes I remember um, the songs in foreign languages much better than I remember American songs by their, I sang last Last week, Asi Katali, no Mashi Bojwa, Sizi Miselin Duku Kelo. You know, it doesn't matter if you should jail us. We are free and set alive by hope. Um, a wonderful mnemonic device, at least for me. Well, another category is religion. We humans yearn for meaning. Why are we here? What made the world and us humans? How ought we to live in the world? Is there a better way to live, a better world to be had? We ask these questions, and often religions, faith communities, are born. Now, this is the territory of philosophy, ethics, religion. And religion can be uh, kind of a sticky, problematic word for, for many of us. And uh, I go back to my Latin. My mother, bless her heart, uh, said, Suzanne, learn Latin. If you go into some medical field, you'll need to know those words. And bless her heart, I went into nursing, and it did help me to know that AM was anti-meridian and BID was something else. But religion, off track, RE. RE means to do something over and over again. You repeat something over and over again. Legare. Legare means to bind, to, to connect something together. And it's just like the, the word ligament. Uh, a ligament binds two bones together, or a ligament binds your organs to, so that they stay up in place in your body. So I see religion as recognizing our bonds, how things are put together, how we are connected and we recognize that binding over and over again. That womb of stars, that common heritage. We recognize our inextricable interconnectedness in this space so that you may be bored to death with this reflection, but something in the music or something in a reading or something in what Donna said about keeping this congregation vibrant Will, uh, will resonate in you. So much of religion is ritual, the repetition of meaningful words and actions. And you have seen this if you have been here the last three weeks. We have taken great liberties at, at rearranging the order of service because most of us aren't as, as familiar uh, with it as, as you are. But we repeat those meaning, meaningful words. We repeat the word, our chalice lighting, we repeat our doxology, how we send our children out. May peace surround you, may love surround you. Now, Levitin argues that a cornerstone of contemporary society is trust and the ability to believe in things that are not readily apparent, such as abstract notions of justice, cooperation, and the sharing of resources implied by civilization. So we do trust. We trust that our toilets will flush. We trust that our airplanes will stay up in the ground, that those mechanics have tightened up those bolts. We trust that our sewers and our subways will work, that our food will grow and will come to us. 
in a manner which is safe to cook, to eat. We trust that it will be shipped to wherever we are when those patterns are disrupted, like during the, the years of COVID. Um, we, we get less trustful, uh, but there was an overlay of a lot of other stuff to not trust during those times, but we won't go into those. But trust and um, our, our assumptions about society, we, we cannot verify all our assumptions about our, how our society will work and work well and work smoothly, but all these societal functions happen more often than not when, when they don't, when our police, our military act in a way that we don't expect. We, our worlds are disrupted. Levitin tells us the fundamental human ability to form societies based on trust and to feel good about doing so via judicious bursts of oxytocin and dopamine is intimately linked to our religious past and our spiritual present. How we feel that this world is put together, our deep feeling that we are all in this together, that we are all inextricably interconnected. Now that um, choir that I sing in now, directed by Sarah Thompson, one of her songs is by breath, by blood, by body, by spirit, we are all one. She goes on to say, the water that is my blood, my sweat tears from crying, is the water that is your blood, your sweat tears from crying. And the rising of the tide is in our veins and in the ocean wide. We are in the rising steam, rushing river, running stream. The air that I, is my breath, is the air that you are breathing. The earth is dust, the earth is clay. Flowers blossoming and fading, we are dust and we are clay. Blossoming and fading. We are spirit burning bright by the light of day in the dark of night. We are shining like the sun and like the moon, like the Holy One. Now God, or the cosmos, or the great whatever, or all the ways we are put together from that first big bang, that first great radiance, they, they certainly do not need our songs, but we need our songs. Spiritual songs remind us how we are in harmony with the world and with one another, how we can proceed to comfort each other, how we find joy in the world, how we can make this world a better place. Like I said, gather together walk together through the wilderness to a better land. Now the final category Levitin talks about is love. Lots and lots of love songs. Love, love, hooray for love. Who was ever too blasé for love? Make this the night for love. If we have to fight, let's fight for love. Ah, uh, another 
Shout out to my mom who loved those old musicals. That song was sung by Ella Fitzgerald. I am no Ella Fitzgerald. In 1948, in a movie called The Casbah, The Casbah, off to Morocco. Now, certainly folks write a lot of songs about romantic love, but love comes in many different forms, love of children, of friends, of country, love of God, love of one's way of life, and caring for what is best in life. Love, Levitin writes, is about feeling that there is something bigger than just ourselves and our own worries and our own existence. Love, in this larger sense, is one of the primary principles of our Unitarianism and our Universalism. 16th century Unitarian preacher Francis David tells us, we need not think alike to love alike. We need not think alike to love alike. I bet we have, I don't know, can't count how many people are here, a lot of different definitions of what God is or might be or means to us. We need not think alike to love alike. Love of others, love of ideals has allowed for the creation of our system of justice, our idea that all members of society ought to be treated equally, our concepts of societal safety nets like welfare, universal education, maybe someday universal health care. Parental leave, all those things. Now as the four wise ones once sang, Nothing you can do that can't be done. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. It's easy. All we need is love. Bum, 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 bum. All we need is love. Bum, 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 bum. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Not necessarily, but is one of the components. Altruism fidelity, bonding, comfort, joy, love, all products of natural selection, Levitin claims, and we have neurochemicals for each of these, for all of these social interactions, and we have songs to help us on our way. So let us sing through the stressful times, through the joyous times, let us sing through the winter time. May it be so. May we make it so. Blessed be. And amen. I invite you to open your hymnals to hymn number 108. My life flows on in endless song. in body or spirit as you are able.
we carry this flame in our hearts. We carry this flame of peace, of thoughtfulness, of love, of justice. We carry all those in our heart to share with all the world. Go in peace and blessed unrest. Please be seated for the postlude. <laughs> 